I report five new salvations. And we've got to get to set down because next week we have two baptisms scheduled. And I had two meetings this week with folks who are wanting to become a part of our church. And I have another meeting scheduled this week. Amen. Amen. I was noticing on Facebook throughout as the 2023-2024 wrapped up. It was interesting to see everybody's different views on the past year. And I know a lot of people had a hard time. And I will say it was one of the most difficult years of my life. But it was also one of the best years of my life. Amen. And, and I will, you know, it, it all depends on how you want to look at things. And then I know a lot of preachers who are very discouraged out of 2023. A lot of churches discouraged. I'm going to tell you something. What God has used our church the ministries of our church to do is extraordinary and it is all the Lord and I praise him but also I also say thank you to all of you who were a part of God doing such great things and that's not even including all of the work that has been done through the missionaries that we support and all of the souls that have been reached through that and so we give the glory to God and praise his name for all of that Amen. One more time. Let's clap our hands. Pastor Gill, you lead the children out to Kids Zone. All right, let's stand with me. Would you please stand? Joshua chapter number uh, 24 this morning. Uh, not 24, Joshua chapter 4, where we were uh, just a little while ago. Uh, some things that are coming up, I'm going, to start a, I'm going to start going through the book of John, the gospel of John, uh, beginning in the next few weeks. We're also going to be looking at discipleship, uh, really, really emphasizing discipleship this year. We have Discipleship Sunday coming up on February the 14th. We've got a, couple of, we've got a missionary coming up uh, very soon uh, that's going to be with us. Um, January the uh, uh, 21st, we'll be having a men's meeting. January the 28th, uh, on, on Sunday night, we will have from the pastor's heart uh, a time of gathering together. We've done that back in August, and uh, we'll be coming together for that. It'll be like we did it before. We'll, we'll rearrange the auditorium. People will bring desserts. It'll be a time of fellowship. I'll share some things with you from my heart of where I want things uh, to go in 2024 as we've been praying for, been praying about. And uh, so that's coming up the last Sunday night of the month. We'll also go over uh, the budget for this year. And uh, I want to tell you something, uh, not, just, um, uh, not just spiritual decisions, but financially 2023 was a phenomenal year. And uh, as I'd mentioned to you previously, uh, we've, set our, we've set a new record high for our missions giving and our missions promise for uh, this year, 2024. And so God is just working in so many ways. And don't ever think what you're doing is not of value. It's all of great value. Amen? And, and I I'd made a post this week. It is very easy to focus. Uh, I think the devil wants us to get really high and get really low. We're always up and down, up and down. And people change with the flow uh, every day. And every week we, we leave here excited, we come back dragging in. Or we may not even come back at all. And we'll wait another week. Uh, 
keep your eyes on Jesus Christ. Amen? Uh, keep your focus on Jesus Christ and, and try to keep everything as calm as you can. Just keep your eyes on the Lord because he never changes. Amen. So Joshua chapter uh, 24. Next week we'll have David Cox will be graduating from the Hope House. And we'll be celebrating that next, next Sunday. And uh, I, I want to encourage you. You can give to Brother David and uh, we'll take up a very special love offering for him next Sunday. And uh, just be mindful of that. As we enter that, and uh, then coming up on Saturday, the January the 20th, uh, we'll start sowing out seeds. Tuesday, January 16th, Faith Bible Institute begins the spring semester. The, this, I hate to call it spring semester because uh, we're just in the winter. But uh, this, uh, this second semester of this year, or whatever. It's the second semester of the school year, but 2024 just began, okay? The second semester of the school year. And uh, that begins uh, January the 16th. Please see Alan Matthews, get registered and signed up for that, and get in the Word. If you want to get in discipleship, there's a sign-up sheet on the bulletin board. Joshua chapter, 24, uh, Joshua chapter 4, I just read this, uh, these verses a moment ago. This is where we'll kick off from this morning. And the people came up out of Jordan on the 10th day of the first month, encamped in Gilgal, uh, Joshua 4 verse 19. In the east border of Jericho. And uh, those 12 stones which they took out of Jordan did Joshua pitch in Gilgal. And he spake unto the children of Israel, saying, When your children shall ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean these stones? Then, shall, then you shall let your children know. It was, why did we have the kids in here this morning? Because we wanted the kids to see it. We wanted the kids to hear it. Did they understand it all? I don't know if they did. But I hope, they, I hope that you'll go home and explain it to them. What mean these stones? Then shall you let your children know, saying, Israel came over this Jordan on dry land. This is what God did. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of Jordan from before you until you were passed over, as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up from before us until we were gone over. Verse 24. Why? 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 That all the people of the earth might know the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty, that you might fear the Lord your God, Forever. If you'll notice, on, when you go out in the lobby, on this, on this wall adjacent to the uh, uh, sanctuary, we've, we've put up new banners. And we, our focus is on that all may know in our family. We start at home. There's a picture of the Beckins and they're, and they're teach, with the Bible open with their kids. That all may know in our community. We didn't, we didn't put faces on it, but it's a picture of, of, of two people, one sharing the gospel with somebody in the community. And then, that all may know in our nation, as, as we go out of our church, we're supporting church planters throughout America. And then, that all may know in our world, and there's a picture of our, one of our ministries in the Philippines, that all may know in our world. We want the world to know all that God has done. And don't ever stop bragging about what God's doing in your life and at Somerville Baptist Church. Father, I pray your blessing upon the word as we get into it now. Minister our hearts. Help us, Father. We, we will remember what you have done. But we also look forward to what you're going to lead us to do. It's all in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Get me a drink of water. I want to preach a message this morning entitled, Milestones Maturing, Maturing and Moving Forward. Milestones maturing and moving forward. Uh, 
2024 is an exciting year for me. I've waited half a century to get to this year. This is the year I turned 50. I don't know if I'm looking forward to it, but I'm here. It's a milestone. I, I have never had a beard. Never had a beard. And I've been letting it grow out a little bit to see what it does. And all I see is white hair. Never had a beard and it's all white. I don't think it's going to last, I'll just tell you. But Christy talked me into letting it stay just a little bit longer. I was going to shave it last night and she said, mm, she kind of liked it, so we're going to see where it goes. All right? Who knows? So, who knows where 2024 is going to go? Who knows? What's the time of milestones? You know, when we were working on this set, you, you, you all, all of you know I come from a construction background, did it for a I did it all the way up until I, became on, I came on staff here in 2015. And uh, so I, I, I did construction work and was busy at it uh, all the way up until I was 40 years old. And uh, still, still like to do it. But when we were building this set, one thing I noticed, if you ever quit doing something, it's hard to start back doing it again. Your body just does not respond and your mind says, let's go, I can do it. And maybe you can do it, but it takes a whole lot longer than it used to. And I, I, was, I was thinking, I was remembering things that I used to be able to do. And now I could not. There's no way that I could do it. I, I was recalling when we were, Christy and I were planning our wedding and I was building our first house. And in July... It was a 12-12 pitch roof, which means the roof is a 45-degree angle. And I, I recalled that. I, I carried every roll of felt up there and felted that entire house by myself. And every bundle of shingle, I toted up the ladder and nailed every shingle on that roof by myself in July. I would die if I tried that today. There is, there's no way I could do that today. If you ever stop something, it is hard. Eventually, you can't do it anyways. Your body just wears out. But if you ever stop doing something, it is hard to ever get back to where you once were. Well, the first point, obviously, in the message is on milestones. And in Joshua chapter 4, this is a huge milestone in the nation of Israel. It's huge because, just in context's sake, they had been, you know, they had been in Egypt for a number of years in bondage. For a number of years. I just got to say, ma'am, I have not seen her in forever. It is wonderful to see. Look at there. How about that? I have not seen y'all in years. What a blessing. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to point you out. I just can't believe I saw you. It just shocked me when you walked in the door. Wonderful. Listen. And they were in bondage for years. Struggling. And then they... The Lord sent Moses and he led them out of Egypt and they, they traveled for two years to get to the promised land. And we'll get more into that in a minute. But they ended up wandering for a number of years, for 40 years, 38 more, 40, 40 years in all. And now it gets to that place and they've reached the Jordan River. And on the other side of the Jordan River is the place that God had prepared for them. It was a place of blessing. God wanted them to be there. That's where he wanted them to dwell. He didn't want them wandering. He, wanted, he had a place for them. 
And they get to that river and it's overflowing. It's out of its banks. How are we going to get across? How are we going to get all these people across that river? Can't wait across it. Can't build a little raft to get across it. Take forever. How are we going to get across it? Well, you take that matter to the Lord, and that's the best thing to do when you don't know what to do. You take it to the Lord, and the Lord has a way. When we don't know what to do, God's always got a way. And they followed the Lord, and the Lord parted that Jordan River, and when the, the and it was a it was a unique way. When Moses did it, when Moses did it, he lifted up the rod and he lifted up his hands, and God made the wind to blow, and it and the sea uh, the Red Sea parted, and the wind dried up the ground, and they all went across there. This time they were to carry the ark, and the the priests carried the ark, and when they touched their feet down in that water, that water began to part. God don't always do it the same way, but God always does it His way. That water parted and they began to, all of them went across on that ground. And, and God told them specifically to take some of those stones out of that river. When you get to the other side, I want you to leave those stones there for a memorial because I want you to remember what I did. And I want your children to be able to look at that and see those stones. And I want them to ask questions. What, why, why do we do this? Why did this happen? What are those stones? Why is that pile of stones there? And we can say because that represents what God did in my life. I hope you got a pile of stones in your life. Daddy, Mama, why do we go to church Sunday morning, Sunday night? Why do we go to Sunday school? Because God's done so much in our life, baby. God changed me. Well, it's a, it's a very unique time. It's a special time, and they, they have those milestones there. You know, someone has always said, we're either losing ground, holding ground, or gaining ground. It's one of the three. When, if you turn back to Exodus chapter 14, I, I mentioned Moses and them getting to the Red Sea. And I, I just wanted to point out something that I want you to see in the scriptures. As, as Egypt, as Israel had got to that place where the Red Sea was before them and, and they, they don't know exactly what to do. And then they look back and the Egyptians are pursuing them with all of their horses and chariots and their horsemen and their army. And it's a frightening time. Look in verse number 10. And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. And the Bible says that they were sore afraid, and the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. I preached through this uh, passage several Wednesday nights ago, a few months ago, and I just brought up the point, listen, the people of Israel were exactly where God wanted them to be. And they didn't know what was next. They didn't know where to go. They didn't know how to get across the Red Sea. They didn't know why God had led them to that point. And now they look back and here comes the Egyptian army. It looks like sudden death is coming their way. And you, and you begin to question, God, why? Why did you leave me right here? And the thing is, they were exactly where God wanted them to be. God was uh, bringing them to a place where he was about to do something that only God can do. And it would be recorded in history. It's recorded in the Word of God. And people would talk about it in 2024. God did that right there. Well, it gets to the next verse. And they, they cried out to the Lord in verse number 10. And then they get up from crying out to the Lord. And they look at Moses and they said, You, why did you lead us here? 
Why did you bring us to this place? We could have just stayed in Egypt and just stayed there. Yeah, we were in bondage. Yeah, I know that. But now you've led us to certain death. Why would you do that? They begin to murmur and they complain and they forgot how Jesus, how, how the Lord had delivered them from the bondage. And sometimes we as believers, we forget what God has done for us. And we forget how Jesus had led us out of bondage. And we start looking and we think, I don't know what to do and I don't know why God has led me here. But maybe God has brought you to that place because he's setting up a milestone in your life. For you to remember the next time you're up against it. Well, if you look on down there in the same chapter, look down there in verse number 15. And the Lord said unto Moses, he had been praying, and he says, Wherefore criest thou unto me, speaking of the children of Israel, that they do what? They go forward. Keep going. Just keep going. Where are we going to go? Just trust the Lord and keep going. He tells Moses what to do, and Moses, in the next verse, he lifts up his rod and, 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 and stretched out his hand over the sea and, 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 and divided it, and the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. The Lord told him what to do. He says, listen, I just want you to go, and when you go, just lift up your hands. I got to tell you, what, what do you do, what do, you do when, you, when, you don't, when, when you don't know what to do? You just have to, I don't know. I, I don't know. I take my hands off of it. I can't do it. Lift up, lift up your hands. The Lord's going to divide it and he's going to make a way. That's what God can do. He says, keep going forward. Stop looking back at Egypt. Stop looking at, stop looking at everything that is trying to destroy you and take you down. And stop complaining and murmuring that it's everybody else's fault. God's in control of your life. And God's in control of my life. He knows where we're at, amen? And I say this many, many, many times to the Lord. Lord, this is your church. And right now I don't really know what to do. But I am trusting you to take care of it. God knows where we are. And we just keep, he just says keep going, go forward. There are times when we don't know what to do. And we must be still and we must wait on the Lord. Because maybe he has us there because another milestone is coming and he's about to do something awesome in our life. And maybe during that time we're waiting, he's developing us to learn to trust him. And one thing's for certain, he don't want us to lose ground and go backwards in our faith. Milestones and memories are meant to remind us and others what God has done. But we're never meant to live in yesterday. I had a preacher friend of mine who told us many times, folks who are always talking about yesterday are, are doing nothing for God today. So we must keep proceeding. In Joshua chapter 4 and back in our text, he set up that, he, set, he told him to set up those stones. This is a memorial, this is a remembrance of what I have done. But he never told them to stay there. They got to keep going. They've crossed the Jordan River. And it is easy when we get across something and we look at it and say, wow, that was incredible. And then just kind of let down our guard and get settled in where we are. But the Lord never meant for us to stay there. There's more to that promised land. There's more blessing that he has prepared for us. There's more that he wants us to experience. There's more milestones for us to reach.
God's still got lots that he wants to do. And the only way we see it done is if we keep going and keep reaching forward. Well, we can't ever get satisfied in our Christian life, meaning we need to always be growing in our faith and maturing in our spiritual walk with the Lord. Can I get amen? You're growing, you're developing, you're maturing in your spiritual life. The father of the fathers of these Israelites, they had made a decision 38 years earlier to stop advancing. When they got to the same place, when they got to the promised land and they sent the spies over to come and, and find out what it was like, they made a decision, we don't want to go any further. We're happy right where we are. And they, they chose to wander rather than live in wonder. They chose to stay put and hold on. But all they did was really lose out. And it's appealing for all of us to seek comfort rather than adventure. The unknown scares us. Routines, no matter how boring that we complain that they are, they comfort us. Because faith is an adventure. And it is impossible, the Bible says, to please God without it. So to be in, to be in a place where we live by faith, we got to live in a place where all we can do is raise our hands. And say, God, i got to take my hands off and i got to trust you with it. Right here in my comfort zone, i got my hands on it. I'm, I'm doing this. We're making it happen. And, and we've seen it before and we, we've been here and experience has taught us how to do this. And this is where it's simple. But God doesn't want us to live where it's simple. He wants us to live in faith. And faith is an adventure because we don't know where it's going to lead us. We don't know what the outcome will be. We don't know what's over the next hill. But faith says, I'm going to keep climbing over that hill. And we're going to see where God's taking us to. Try this some morning. Before you get out of bed, just stop and ask God what you and him are doing today. And just tell him, I don't know what we're doing today because I'm riding with you. So before you get out of it, just make a habit of it. Lord, this is what I think we're doing today. But I'm asking you right now, before I put my foot down and get out, when I get out of this bed, what are we doing today? Because I'm riding with you, you're steering this car. You're leading my life, and I'm giving you complete control. And I'm asking you right now, because I'm putting myself under your authority, what are we doing today? I want you to write this thought down. It's very simple. Faith is fun. Can you remember that? Say it with me. Faith is what? Faith is fun. Determining to grow old, determined to grow old and be able to look back at a journey covered with milestones because you trusted God and, did some, and God did something awesome with it. Fear will keep you in the house. Talking to somebody this week, if you're here, I, I can't remember who it was. 
Well, he's talking about all the sickness that is going around. And somebody said, about the only way you can stay away from it is stay at home. And I said, that ain't no fun. You might, you might not get sick, but you sure ain't living. Amen. Staying at the house ain't no fun. And you may feel safe at home, and you may feel comfortable at home. But that's not where God meant us to be. Matthew 28 tells us to go. He never meant for us to stay in one place. He's wanting us to go, live, get after it a little bit. Don't just, don't just try to hold on to what you have because eventually you will lose it. Amen. They say defense wins championships, but defenses can only hold a team for so long. You better score some points along the way. Stop holding on and start getting after it and going after something and trust the Lord. I read this week in Acts chapter 5 in my reading how God broke some of the, uh, uh, how God broke some of the uh, apostles out of prison. Ain't that something? God broke them out of prison. And they were there because they were preaching the gospel and people didn't like it. And so God just went in there and he broke them out. You know what he told them? I underlined it in my Bible. He didn't tell them now that you're out of prison, go home and rest a little while. He said in Acts chapter 5 and verse 20, Go, stand and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. Lord, you just broke us out of prison because we were doing that. And the Lord says, if I broke, he didn't say this, but we get the point. If I broke you out once, don't you think I can break you out again? I don't want you to go home, and I don't want you to stay back, and I don't want you to brag, go home and brag about, oh, somebody shut the door in my face. Somebody denied the gospel. Somebody didn't like what I said. I want you to just keep going and speak the words of this life. Keep speaking the word. Go, stand, and speak, and just trust me with the results of it all. Well, we get to chapter 5 of Joshua. And we see, that, we see that people are talking. Look in verse number 1. And it came to pass when all the kings of the Amorites, which were on the side, the side of Jordan westward, where they, had, where they were going to, and all the kings of the Canaanites, which were by the sea, heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of Jordan from before the children of Israel until we were passed over. It says that their heart melted. Neither was their spirit in them anymore because of the children of Israel. People are always talking. Can I get amen? What are they hearing? What are they hearing? Well, you can say you don't care, but everybody's talking about you. People are talking. You know, I, I just got to say this. Since I became the pastor of Somerville Baptist Church, there are preachers and pastors who have never said a word to me since, since I became your pastor. And one day I saw them, it was several of them, and it's just, it's just my nature. I walked right up to them, and I stuck out my hand, and I said, hey man, how are you doing? And they said, I'm doing great. I hear the Lord's blessing at Somerville. People are always hearing. People are always talking. People are always listening. I'm like, I never, I ain't heard a word from you, but you obviously know what's going on at Somerville. You're keeping up with it. 
The world is keeping up with what's going on at Somerville. The world is keeping up with what's going on in Cecil Berry's life. They know where you are. They know that you're on that side of the Jordan. And they know that there is something unique about you. And they are watching you. And suddenly you get to a place and you could throw your hands up and say, we can't cross that Jordan. God has led us to a dead end. We're just going to go back to where we were. And they would look at that and they say, uh-huh, that's what I thought. But the moment you say, okay... The Lord says, let's go. And we get behind those priests and they take that ark and they step foot in that water and we see that water part and we make a decision with our whole household. We're going to go across. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna, we're gonna see what God's going to do here. And we're going to go across. And that's, that, that old devil gets in your ear and say, yeah, when you do that, the water's going to come flooding over you. It's going to take your kids and all of that. You just got to get to a place, yeah, but this is where God wants me to go. And I'm just going to trust him and we're going to go. You trust him and you go and you walk and you follow. People are here. What are they hearing? Well, I want them to hear what God's doing, don't you? I don't care a thing about people hearing what Ricky's doing. I just want, them to, I just want the earth to know, Joshua chapter 4, that, the whole, that all the people of the earth might know the hand of the Lord. That it is mighty. And that we might fear the Lord our God forever. Well, when we, when we move forward by faith, God does something. What's God done in your life? What's people talking about? But God doesn't park there. He wants them to keep moving. Yeah, people are talking about it. Yeah, they're, they're, they're enemies. Their heart is melting. They're saying, man, there's something about their people. There's something about their God that they're following. And it says in verse 2, at that time, the Lord said unto Joshua, make thee sharp knives and circumcise again the children of Israel the second time. My goodness, how the Lord lead us to that point. He didn't say stop there. He says, now, let's deal with something. Are you with me? This is an important part. I've led you across the river. I've gotten you here. I've got people talking about what I am doing in your life because of your obedience. But now I want to deal with something. Because there is something that you ain't doing. And that's where it gets personal. And that's where you get to a place where either you, you keep maturing... Or you get just satisfied where you are. And, and, and when he talks about a sharp knife there, that means he's starting to cut. And he's going to cut, and it's going to hurt. And it's not going to be pleasant. And you're going to have to stop for a little while because you just can't keep moving forward. But God is doing it for a reason. And he's wanting to deal with something in your life that you have been putting off. And you have stopped obeying. At one time, this was an important part of your history, church history, family history. It was a part of your relationship with God. And what he's talking about specifically is a covenant that God had made with his people. But they quit doing it. They just left that out. That's the unpleasant part that we'd rather ignore. And there are things about God that we'd rather ignore. And we'd like to focus on the pleasantries of God. God is a loving God, but he is a holy God. Amen? Yes, he loves you in your sin, and he loves you in spite of your sin, but it doesn't mean he's happy with your sin. 
And you cannot say, well, God just loves me and I'm going to live my life and do whatever I want to do. You can choose to do that. But you and God, ain't, there's going to be a limit on where you can go. And before they go further, he has got them there. He's got them to the place where all this can be yours. But before we go any further, we've got to deal with this right here. And you've got to make a decision. And I have to make a decision. Am I going to let God in that part of my life? I am determined why a lot of people don't read the Bible is because they, they don't want to know what God has to say. Because if they learn what God has to say, some things have to change. And it's better for me to live in ignorance than it is for me to understand and live in knowledge. And so I'll just, I'll just get off up any excuse I have. I don't understand it. I can't get in it. I've said this so I'm blue in the face, and I heard that excuse every day, all the time. Anytime I talk about it, I'm going to tell you something. If you ain't in it, you ain't never going to understand it. Maturing. Let's... Watch, watch what happens here. In Genesis chapter 17, verses 9 through 14, God talks there about circumcision, and it's, it's a covenant between God and his people. I was going to read that, but for the sake of time, we'll move forward. Write that down. You can read that. It is a covenant between God and the children of Israel that every male was to be circumcised. It's a covenant. Now you, go, you stay here in Joshua chapter 5 and read with me in verse number 4. Now why is he dealing with it? He says, and this, this is the cause why Joshua did circumcise. All the people that came out of Egypt that were males, even all the men of war, died in the wilderness by the way after they came out of Egypt. Now all the people that came out were circumcised, but all the people that were born in the wilderness by the way as they were come forth out of Egypt, them they had not circumcised. In other words, all those guys that were now standing on the promised land had not entered in that covenant with God. And in verse 6, for the children of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness till all the people that were men of war which came out of Egypt were consumed because they obeyed not the voice of the Lord. Unto whom the Lord swear that he would not show them the land which the Lord swear unto their fathers that he would give us a land that floweth with milk and honey. And their children whom he raised up in their stead, them Joshua circumcised. For they were uncircumcised because they had not circumcised them by the way. They left that part out. They didn't want to follow God in that area. And it came to pass in verse 8 when they had done circumcising all the people that they abode in their places in the camp till, all, till they were whole. Verse 9, and the Lord said unto Joshua, this day have I rolled away the reproach of Israel from off you. He would not do it until they obeyed the Lord. Can I get amen? You see, you, see, you can walk with the Lord. And you can experience many of the blessings of God because God loves you. But there comes a, you, you know this as well as I do, but there comes a place in a time where there are some things that you're not going to give to God. And it becomes a reproach. You, you know it as well as I do. You lay your head down at night and you can't get over that because you know you're not in the will of God. You know that there are some things in your life that you are not doing right and you refuse to give that to God. And he is bothering you about it and he'll continue to bother you about it and you want to pretend like God don't care and he's just going to love you and forgive you and let you move on. But he's not going to let you get to where he wants you to get until you deal with that. And it wasn't until they obeyed him and what he was asking them to do that he removed the reproach of Egypt. 
Now, he says, now we can move forward together. Now, here's, here's an important thing. All of them had to do it before everybody could move forward. Not everybody discouraged the people. There were some who believed 40 years ago that they could go into the wilderness, that they could go into the promised land. But even those people couldn't go because everybody else said, we can't do it. Everybody's responsible. Can I get amen? You're part of it. You're part of God's people. You're part of God's local church. And it requires each of us to do our part. It can't be a few. You can't ride in there on the coattails of somebody else. It requires everybody to do their part. And to be obedient to God. Well, I want to encourage you. Can I, can I encourage you with this? It's 2024 and we're just getting started. Can I encourage you? I would sure love it. And I, I, can't, I can't follow this. I can't record this. I can't track it. But it would be pretty awesome if three out of four people in our church are in the Word of God every day. Wouldn't it? that would change everything, wouldn't it? Man. I... I, I, follow this, I follow this Bible reading system. I can't never remember the name of it. I had to write it down. It's Professor Grant Horton, Horner's Bible reading system. And I like it. Because somebody has a hard time with comprehension and somebody that gets easily distracted, I think it's pretty good. If you've got ADD, follow that system. Because I, I, you read 10 chapters a day, but I'm not reading Genesis 1 through 10. I'm moving around throughout the Bible. And I'll read through the books of Moses I'll read through them twice a year. And I get to Joshua and I read those books of history and I'll get through that one and a half times a year. I read a psalm every day, I'll get through that twice a year. I read a proverb every day, I'll get through that 12 times a year. I read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I read one chapter of them every day. I'll get through that a couple of times a year. I get through the book of Acts. I'll read one chapter a day. I get through that 12 times a year. I read from Isaiah and all the prophets. I'll get through that a time and a half a year. Read the book of Romans all the way up to, uh, to uh, uh, Colossians or First and Second Timothy. No, Colossians. I'll read through that a couple of times a year. 1 Thessalonians of the Revelation, I'll read through that a couple of times a year. And it's bringing all the Word of God together. And if I don't happen to read it all that day, I don't feel guilty about it. I'll just pick up the next chapter tomorrow in that particular place. Are you with me? Listen, sometimes people don't get in their Bible because they may feel guilty about it. Don't feel guilty about it. Just enjoy it. Get in the Bible. Get in the Word of God. Let God speak to you. And when God convicts you and he shows you something that's not right in your life, then just get it right. Amen? Confess it and get it right and stop living in ignorance and expecting God to bless it. Because there comes a place where he says, we're not going no further until we get this taken care of. Well, they keep moving forward. They keep moving. I saw a football coach by the name of Dan Quinn. I think he's a Cowboys coach. He says, the longer we keep looking back in the rearview mirror, it takes away from everything that's moving forward. That's the truth, ain't it? I saw a post that I'd made a memory that came up this week. It's a picture of a windshield. And it said the reason that the windshield is so much bigger than the rearview mirror is because God always wants us to look forward. There's more to see going forward than it is looking back. 
we got to focus on where we're going. We like to talk about yesterday and everything back then and man, all of this stuff. Yeah, well that's fine and we praise God for all of that. But we, we still got a life to live and we got to keep moving forward. We got to keep growing. We got to keep maturing. There's, there's more for us to do. There's still more souls to be saved. There's still more people to be baptized. There's still more people to reach. Amen? There's still more to do. There's still blessings out there. There's still milestones that we ain't reached because when you get out of chapter 5, guess what's next? There's Jericho. Do I have to tell you what God did in Jericho? Jericho, there's some big old walls. How are we going to get over those walls? And the Lord says, we, we, we can look at that. We can't, we can't do that. We can't conquer that. It's too big for us. They're too mighty for us. Those walls have been standing for years. And God says, why don't y'all just get together and march together and just start praising the Lord? And why don't you start on Monday? Well, on, on Monday, you can walk around that thing one time. I, I like this. Are y'all with me? I'm just about done here, okay? We're at the finish line. I like this right here. On Monday, he says, take a trip around that city. And when they get done with it, they're done for the day. How about that? The wall don't come down if they don't do it on Monday. It don't come down. Because this is how God said do it. Well, what do we do on Tuesday? Y'all get together. Y'all march around that. Y'all march around the wall one time. And when you're done, you're done. You're done for the day. And all those people look at you and think, you're crazy. That's okay. Let them think what they want to think. I'm doing what God told me to do. I'm following the Lord. What are we doing on Wednesday? Get together, march around that thing one time. I don't know how long it took, but it didn't take all day. Can I tell you this? Six days they did it one time. They didn't experience the seventh day until they, unless they did the first six days. Hello? Seventh day, what were they to do? March around it seven times. More to it today. It's going to take a little bit more time today. Y'all going to get together seven times. And when you do, I want you to worship the Lord, and I want you to shout. And I want you to praise the Lord. And them trumpets are going to blow, and they do. And them walls are going to come down. And you go and take it. Hello? Now, I'm tying all this together. I'm tying all this together. If the only time you're hearing from the Word of God is on the seventh day, you're missing out. Sometimes I hear people say about their pastor, he's not feeding me. The reason you are so malnourished is because you ain't feeding yourself the other six days of the week. And if you're feeding yourself the other six days of the week, you're excited for the seventh day. Because I get to do it all day. But you don't want to do it Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday or Friday or Saturday. You're not wanting to mature in your faith. And you'd rather blame the pastor or blame somebody else. Because he's not feeding me. He's not taking care of me. He's, I promise you. I promise you I'm giving it everything I got. And I may not be as good as a whole lot of preachers. And there are a whole lot better ones. I know that. I know I'm not as knowledgeable as a whole lot of them. But they don't love you like I love you. I promise you I'm giving it everything I got. And there are times I walk away here and I just say, God, I'm sorry. Because all I got ain't good enough. 
but I ain't keeping you from getting in there Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday and asking the Holy Spirit to teach you each and every of those days that he can show you what you need to hear that day. Well, Jericho is coming on the seventh day. Boy, they march all seven times. And it don't make sense. It requires faith. It seems unusual. People laugh at me, mock at me. People are watching me. All of these thoughts go through our head. But this is what the Lord says, so I'm going to try it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to, by faith, trust him. Boom, there's those walls come down. And you know what happened? That's a new milestone. It's a new milestone that you would never have in your life if you decided on Monday, I, I ain't going to do it. Right? It's a new milestone that would have never happened if when he says, let's deal with this... I'm going to pull out, let's get the knives ready. Let's get the knives ready. We're going to start doing some cutting, and you're going to let me cut, and we're going to let me take away some things, and I know it's going to hurt, and you're going to have to sit still for a while because it's going to shock you, and it's going to hurt a little bit. But I'm going to tell you something. It will help you because I got more for you. But if you don't do it, you can just sit there and cry out to God and say, man, Egypt was better than this. I'm going to tell you something. Egypt ain't got nothing on the Lord. Amen. If it don't stir your heart. You, you know what happened? You know what happened when those kids and adults stood up here with those cardboard testimonies? That's not a Pastor Ricky thing. That's a God thing. Amen. Pa Pastor Ricky one day is going to be gone from here and God's, God's, God's still going to be here. He's still going to keep going. It's a God thing. It's a church thing. It's everybody being involved in it. And so I'm, I'm telling you, when we can look back and we can celebrate 400, oh, what was it, 494, 494 decisions. And I heard some of y'all through those salvation, 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 salvation. Uh, Gil, Gil started getting a speech slurred a little bit, said it so many times. How many times can you say salvation without getting messed up? Salvation, 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 salvation. And, and, then, and then he stops, he says, February. Wow, that's, that's what most church in January is what a lot of churches get through the entire year. February, salvation, 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 baptism, 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 baptism. Oh man, that is phenomenal. There's still more people to reach in 24, right? And, and God, God, is, God has got a milestone. Man, we can look back and say, whoa, that was good. God sure is good. That's amazing what God has done. But we can, now, now we get to 2024, and we can get to a place where we can say, I'm going to take a deep breath this year, and I'm going to sit back, and I'm going to let somebody else do it. I'm going to let somebody else do it this year, because I just need a break. Hmm. Or we could say, man, I want to be a part of more. I want to see more of what God's going to do. And I'm going to let God in my life. And I'm going to let him speak to me. And I'm going to let him pull out the knife. And I'm going to let him cut some things away. Because I need it. And the truth is, I am tired of feeling guilty. I am tired of feeling guilty. Because I know what's in my life. And I know it don't need to be there. And I keep trying, and I put that face on, and I want to blame the preacher. I want to blame the life group leader. I want to blame all these other people. But the truth is, I'm not where I'm supposed to be. And I'm just tired of feeling that way. 
And I'm going to let God take out that knife, and I want him to cut some things out of there. I want to follow him. I want him to take that reproach away. And I just want to see what God might do with me in 2024. I want to see what God will do with that big wall that's in my life. I want to see what God will do with that Jericho. Hmm. God's got more milestones, don't he? Let's go forward together. Henry Ford, I cannot believe I'm quoting Henry Ford to close up. But I drive a Ford because I love Fords. I don't care if you do or don't. I'm glad he made Ford trucks. He didn't make my Ford truck, but he started it. I like it. I saw this quote, and it's just got to go here. If everyone is moving forward together, then success takes care of itself. I can't do it by myself. Neither can you. Your home cannot do it if it's divided. My daughter's in kid zone, so where are my boys? Your mom and I can't do it by ourselves. They can't do it without you. We're not going to be successful as a family unless you're on board. And we go together. And we can't have a good marriage unless we're together. But if we go together, we can be successful. And we can't, we can't be successful as a church if we don't go forward together. Your life group can't be successful if we don't go forward together. Your jobs, I mean, if you run a business, I'm going to tell you something. Your business can't be successful unless everybody's with you. And if everybody's with you, man, you've got a great morale, you've got a great environment, you've got people happy and excited and it's, it's about going together. It don't have to always be perfect. It's going to be mistakes because we're all people. It don't have to be perfect. But it's something special about God's people loving one another and going together for one goal. And what is that goal? Joshua chapter 4, verse number 19. That all the people of the earth might know just how good God is. And that I might fear him. I might trust him. Man, everybody's going to be talking, Cecil. They're going to talk about you. Why not get them to talk about the Lord? Right? If they hate you, let them hate you because of your relationship with the Lord. Everybody's talking. They may not be talking to you, but they're talking about you. And everybody's hearing something. Why don't they hear about the Lord? Let's have our musicians come. Let's all stand to our feet. Can I encourage you this? I want you, one, to pray for Joe. Pray for Joe to get saved. Miss Traxler, Miss Betty's having surgery on Friday. Her, her next cancer surgery. Pray for her. I, I, maybe you need to come together as a family. I want you to come to the altar.